Hey, what's going on? It's John, and it's time for the J-Mart cast for Monday, October 18th. What's going on? How are ya? <laughs> well, I don't know if you can tell from my voice, but I am... I got sick. I got sick earlier this week. Um, after spending all of my... Well, not all of my, but a portion of my... <laughs> podcast last week talking all this shit about doctors and how uh, zinc lozenges help prevent colds and how I used it to prevent a cold then I go on and get one so <laughs> that's kind of funny so I'll tell you what happened here's what happened um, a recap of the week prior was that on uh, my kid had gone to daycare on Monday and Tuesday and picked up something from the daycare from hanging out with the other kids and infected me. And by Wednesday morning, I felt the usual symptoms of like a cold, having a sore throat and slightly congested nose. And uh, immediately I had taken like zinc lozenges, a a few, I think I ended up taking like three that day. And then the next day I was like feeling a lot better and I continued that course basically. And by Friday I was like, basically felt back to normal. And because I felt back to normal, I, I, I thought, oh, maybe I must have cleared it already. I was completely fine. And then I ended up going to see family on Sunday for Thanksgiving dinner. Also on Monday, Monday morning, I went and saw another friend and we went hunting together for ge- for ducks. We went duck hunting together. And so... After those two days, on Tuesday morning, I woke up feeling very sick, <laughs> uh, more so than what I had felt on uh, Wednesday or Thursday. Immediately, I went on to uh, do my normal kind of uh, protocol that I follow if I get a cold, as I, I do. <laughs> my three things is uh, I, I have <laughs> bread with butter and honey. <laughs> Then I uh, also drink a lot of tea throughout the day, and then I make a a chicken soup. And then this time, since it was just after Thanksgiving, I had a bunch of uh, turkey, but I used like some uh, chicken uh, bone broth that I have in the freezer. I thawed that, and I used that with the turkey to make a hybrid soup, turkey chicken soup. So I did that basically for three days, starting off on Tuesday. That was the first day. Wednesday was about the same, probably a little bit worse. The Probably the peak of it was feeling better by Thursday, had a slight sore throat and a bit of a cough, and then Friday was feeling really good in the morning. I put on some stand, sandstorm and started dancing in the morning. Like I was like, okay, I'm definitely feeling better today because the previous uh, three days, there's no way I would have wanted to do this. But yeah, I was uh, dancing up a storm, two stand, sandstorm on Friday morning, just had a slightly runny nose and uh, I was fine. And now it's just this congestion, so hopefully in a couple of days I'll clear this too. And that's it. She's done. So yeah, I don't know what happened. Like, was it that I initially got infected and then um, it took a while for like the symptoms to actually come on? Or did I clear the first infection and then get uh, infected again? Because obviously Bennett was still sick the whole time and I was like (laughs) right next to him. I don't know. It's possible he it could have infected me a second time, but uh, regardless, 
I think uh, the good thing is, the good thing that I'm thankful for, grateful for, is the fact that I only had to go through three days of like feeling really ill and low energy, not like myself, where I, you know, couldn't even get myself up to dance, like I said. <laughs> and that's just like a daily thing that I do. If I can't dance, then, you know, J-Mart's down for the count. <laughs> the other way that I knew that I was feeling better on Friday, it's kind of a funny one, actually, is just like my body's ability to uh, absorb water was like completely changed on Friday. So on uh, Tuesday th through Thursday, like I said, I was drinking tea nonstop all throughout the day. And normally if I drink that much liquids, let alone tea, then I will be going to the bathroom like every 20 minutes. But those days I was just absorbing that tea like nobody's business. I was just drinking it and drinking it and didn't have to go to the bathroom at all. And then on Friday, that was the day that I was going like every 20 minutes. And I was like, oh, okay, this is different. Um, it was a good sign because that's what I'm normally used to. <laughs> but yeah, I guess the question is, did the zinc lozenges fail? And I don't know, I guess you could argue it both ways. Um, I think if I have the choice of taking them or not, I'm going to take them. <laughs> but uh, possibly this time it didn't work. Um, or maybe it, you know, kept the viral load so low enough that I was able to clear it in three days and, you know, be fine. There, there's that it could be one way of looking at it also. Hard to say. Either way, early treatment is the real takeaway for this for me, right? And that's really what we should be doing with everyone who gets infected with COVID or SARS-CoV-2, the virus. COVID is the disease, what is what they call the disease, right? And so if maybe if we did that and had that kind of a the same level of effort we have behind the vaccine, if we had that level of effort behind early treatment, then we could actually be saving the ICUs from being overrun. We could be saving people from dying because there seems to be like there's lots of early treatments out there that could be used by people to, you know, guide our way through this uh, pandemic without having to, you know, destroy people's lives. But for some reason, early treatment is not something that is universally agreed upon instead of giving some sort of treatment to people who tested positive in hospitals they would be sent home until they basically felt worse and bad enough to be back at the hospital meanwhile for every other viral infection early treatment is like universally agreed upon somehow who knows why that is there's only one way out of this pandemic and it is only when 100% of the population gets vaccinated and then continues to get vaccinated as new people arrive at the age of 12. That's the only way we can get through this. And with that, the negative part of the podcast is over. Sorry about that. We're going to turn positive now. Okay, here we go. Positive J-Mart, positive J-Mart. So before all this happened, as I kind of quickly glossed over it, while I potentially might have been ill, I uh, did go see a bunch of people, such as like uh, Carly's family for Thanksgiving dinner. I didn't infect them, I don't believe, but I also went and saw my uh, buddy who I went hunting with. And it, as so it turns out, I confirmed it through text with him. He did, <laughs> he did get sick, so I 
didn't infect him. He was very gracious and understanding and did not get mad at me. He understands that children <laughs> pass a lot of these colds around. And he's a good guy, and I love him for it. Thank you, buddy. Uh, but yeah, we did go hunting. I was going to share this story, actually. Uh, before the hunting, what I did was, because this was my first hunt of the year, I did the right proper thing, which was to clean my gun. I learned how to disassemble it through the help of my old friend, University of YouTube. It only took me like half an hour to go through a bunch of videos and find the one that was most like the one that had had a shotgun disassembly, most like the one that I have. And thankfully, I was able to figure out how to put mine, <laughs> take mine apart, gave it a nice good clean. Everything was super shiny. I was... Um, yeah, you could you could see down down the barrel how how perfectly shiny it was, no scratch marks, no nothing. Cleaned it real good. I got one of those. I don't well, not, I don't even know what it's called. It's like a rod, I guess you, that you you know push down the barrel. Uh, I yeah, I bought a cleaning kit from a place nearby, and so yeah, cleaned it real good and successfully put it back together. <laughs> And yeah, everything everything was working fine. And then on Monday, woke up super early, like 3 a.m., got ready and dropped off Carly at work for a 4 a.m. shift. <laughs> then drove for about an hour and a half down to 401. I won't say exactly where, just because. And so that's where my buddy's from. And we basically met up pretty early in the morning. I got there a little early and killed some time, but then we met up around 6. And I think sunrise is around 7.30 that day, so we had another half hour to get ready and meet up with another buddy. And then we went to the duck pond, which is this little pond in the middle of a cornfield. My buddy knows the farmer whose field it is, and we have permission to go there. And they've built this uh, nice little uh, blind right in the middle of the uh, pond, which is not like real what you'd expect for a pond where it's a very marshy pond, basically where ducks like to hang out. And so wearing these waders, which have suspenders around my shoulders, I'm walking through this pond and the water's getting up to my waist until I can finally get to, uh, the ladder that kind of leads me out of the water onto this stand, which is like, or this blind, which is covered in a camo pattern burlap all around. And so we get there by like quarter to seven, we're all set up. And I think, like I said, sunrise was around 7.30. So we're, you're allowed to hunt a half an hour uh, before sunrise. So by seven, we were ready to start shooting. And so I think we were there for like about a half hour. And as we're like, you know, keeping our eyes open, all of a sudden, I'm the first one to notice a flock of ducks flying and they were coming right through the pond and nobody else had noticed so rather than kind of get a good grip on my gun I yell out birds guys birds and everybody else like right away they were on their guns and like just as the birds like right in front of us they were shooting and me because I was I don't know so preoccupied with telling everybody else because I was the first one to notice them, which never happens. 
I totally forgot about my gun and I didn't even get the safety off and be ready to shoot them as they were right in front of us. Like it was, it was embarrassing. So <laughs> I didn't get a shot off, even though I was the first person to see the ducks. Didn't even take the safety off. And then after that, that was the last time that a flock of birds came by. <laughs> we ended up staying there for quite a while longer till at least 10, I think maybe even 1030. And, uh, nothing else flew by and we we had like decoys in the water my buddies had their duck calls they were doing the calls but yeah that was that was our only chance to shoot and i didn't even get my safety off oh boy yeah i still got a long ways to go to call myself a real hunter but uh you know i'm learning i'm getting there at least i had the gun taking apart and putting back to together experience still need to shoot it to make sure i pick, put it back together properly but i'm pretty sure i did and so we'll take the l on that one and move on and learn from that and uh come back better <laughs> i'll still have a couple more hunts this year i think before the baby girl joins us so i'll definitely take advantage and hopefully get some uh ducks and geese on those opportunities all right, plowing on ahead. What else happened this week? Oh, yeah, funny, kind of funny now, but not at the time thing that happened was on, it was Wednesday morning, I think. My kid, my son, almost fell down from the top of the stairs, like almost went tumbling down all the way. But luckily, my man was holding on to the rails like a champ. Like, I think he was wearing socks, so and he's just not used to the slipperiness of the socks. And he took a step down and took a real big spill, but his right hand was hanging on to that railing, and he hung on for dear life, literally, as his like foot like just slipped and he fell kind of like cartoonishly on his bum and was gonna keep sliding down the steps, but his hand kept hanging on to the rail and he just spun around himself around because of that grip and. He was completely fine, and by then I was, I I, I caught him. <laughs> uh, but had he not been hanging on, I, there's no way there was enough time to, for me to catch him. So that was crazy. <laughs> Thank goodness for my man being uh, so safe all the time. He's always had this like fear of um, just heights and uh, objects, like things that you can tell, like if you know he's <laughs> are bigger than him, and if he were to fall, like something bad would happen. So he's smart enough for that, and he definitely <laughs> paid off this time around. And then when it actually happened, he like knew that that was a serious thing, and he started crying actually because he was like totally understandable. It's uh, you would have like aftershock, like at the moment, and you know you don't think, you just act. But then afterwards, once you realize, you get that aftershock. That's definitely happened to me, and could tell that was happening to him. So I picked him up right away. I was like congratulating him for doing such a good job and like hanging on and just like encouraging him to do that some more and just being like, way to go, buddy. That's the exact reason you understand what goes on. Like if you were to fall and tumble down the stairs, that would be really, really bad. But you didn't because you're smart enough to hold on to the rail. You're my man. And just like did that for like five minutes and he was still crying and whining a little bit, but I was able to like just distract him enough that after five minutes it was done. <laughs> Speaking of the kid, he uh, had a nice little play date on Saturday. We had some friends over on Saturday, and they have a little girl, and she's only a few months, maybe six months or so, older than our little guy. And so 
we're excited to have them over and have the kids play a little bit and see our friends who we hadn't seen in a while. It was a really nice time. I made a lamb shoulder roast, which turned out pretty sweet. And uh, the kids had a nice time hanging out. It almost didn't happen because both us, of course, were sick. And then turns out they were sick too. But both of us had like cleared, you know, the illness enough that we were just like, we're like, forget it. We're going to, we've delayed seeing each other long enough. We are not delaying this anymore. So they came and visited us. And so the kids had a lot of fun playing together and we had a great time catching up. I was trying to orange pill my buddy and he had like, uh, he was just having none of it. Orange pilling means when you're trying to like introduce Bitcoin to your friends and you're like, you should really consider like learning about it. And he's like, I don't know. He's, he was having a hard time getting past the fact that like it's digital and you can't hold it in, in the physical world. So why would it have value? <sighs> yeah, that is, that is a difficult place to <laughs> get stuck at because, um, you know, most things are turning digital these days, right? Like very few people still listen to uh, analog music, right? Like vinyl records and things like that. Most people listen to MP3s now. Uh, they're just superior in many ways. And I think money's going the same way. It's analog money, such as gold or cash, is going to turn digital. And it just depends on what kind of digital you want. Do you want digital money controlled by the state or do you want digital money not controlled by anybody? Put me in that second camp. Since we're talking about Bitcoin anyway, let's do our Bitcoin update, which has become like a weekly thing that I do now. Let's start with the price as per usual. So let's see. The best place to check out the price is bitbo.io. That's what I like doing. So let's see. Price is currently consolidating right around 60,000. It's at 60,708 dollars US currently. And let's see, a week ago, it was in the mid 50s, right? <laughs> so about a 10% pump. Not that it matters, of course. Well, what does matter, Jmart? What do you think? If price doesn't matter, what matters? Well, have you ever asked yourself, what is money? Um, it's a difficult question. I never had asked myself that, if I'm being honest. Not until I came across uh, this person named Robert Breedlove. And he posed the question. And then he has an entire show dedicated to it. If you guys want to check it out, it's called What is Money? Robert Breedlove and like it blew my mind that I never like I, I had thought about it I guess in parts but never really uh dove deep on it because it didn't make sense ever so you know it just didn't make sense to pursue something that <laughs> that I didn't understand that didn't make sense but when you stop and think about it here's the th here's what I've learned money is a store of value, it is a medium of exchange, and it is a unit of account. Now, in order to be all those three things, it needs to have certain properties. It needs to have five particular properties that if you can maximize those properties, then it will be the perfect money. So first of all, it needs to be divisible. That one makes sense, right? You need to be able to make large payments, small payments, you need that capability. It needs to be portable, right? To be able to transport it from place to place easily. So you can, you know, 
spend it on wherever you need to at the location that you can that the person can receive it. it needs to be durable you don't want money that just disappears on you because it you know it's like shells or something and somebody breaks it for some reason that that would be a bad form of money so durability is important you need something that's recognizable this is one that people don't think about but something that's easily recognizable right like so something that can't be faked very very easily uh, of course that makes sense why and then last one it needs to be scarce everyone knows this one and this is why people think that gold is or was used as a form of money and that's part of it too but it's the combination of all of those five properties and you know if you take the time and you do your homework and you do your research and look you, know, you look into what composes bitcoin and why people have so much faith in it then i think you will come to the same conclusion that bitcoin is better than gold in all five of those properties which makes it a more sound money a better form of money and one which has a philosophy of sovereignty and freedom and that's why i would rather choose that digital form of money rather than a state controlled digital form of money yeah i just don't trust the state i mean there's just a story that came out earlier this week from i read it on the national post and i have it in front of me right now and the title says error in judgment in quotes CBC Edmonton regrets mannequins use in COVID-19's news report. And basically they just had like this report about how the ICU operates in Edmonton and because they weren't allowed to take like actual video footage of what's going on in the ICU, they just like made like a fake video of like a mannequin with all this like code blue equipment on it to make it seem like it's in dire straits and whatnot and to scare people into not wanting to go into the ICU which they shouldn't of course not but you know we don't need to have like fake footage of mannequins with life sustaining equipment on them as a way of convincing people to not want to go to the ICU you know this is just a month after i shared that conversation that i was a part of in a group chat with a friend where my friend was making the point that cbc is like on a they hold a higher standard when uh, reporting news when Clearly they don't. Like I'll remind everybody exactly what happened. My, my, my one friend was saying in an ironic way, yes, I prefer my information to be carefully cultivated by the state. And my more gullible friend was saying that you say that as if it's a fact. I have to see evidence of this. And the fact it's funded by the government with no strings attached gives me more confidence than one which is owned by Jeff Bezos or any other billionaire. Again, this is evidence right here that there's some sort of information that the state wants you to receive in a particular way and they're carefully cultivating that message and passing it out to CBC and transmitting it into your into your brain and then the other the second part of his message was you let people stream to the masses there's no fact checkers there no duty to be unbiased and there's no accountability it puts those which have no standards on par with those that have a higher level of standard and professionalism well, there's clearly no level of like standard or professionalism at CBC Edmonton when uh, they, instead of admitting that they're not allowed to take footage of the ICU at this time, which is like very understandable in the middle of a pandemic, the last thing you want is cameras in there taking videos and like potentially, you know, uh, getting infected or whatever the hell happens. It's un unnecessary for that. And most people would, un would understand that and not need to have a fake footage of a mannequin to help them understand that it's probably not a good idea to end up in the ICU.
And then the bigger and even more egregious example of this was what happened with Joe Rogan and Ivermectin. And what's funny was most recently this week, um, that doctor, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, who's like the head doctor medical professional who works at CNN, went on the Joe Rogan Experience podcast to do an interview and Joe Rogan grilled him about why the hell did CNN lie about him taking horse dewarming medicine? He clearly took human medicine. Why were they like lying about this? And he totally grilled that Dr. Sanjay Gupta. Not that he was the one that deserved it, but he was kind of like the, he was the stand-in for the CNN or like the whoever makes decisions at the CNN. And I like I came across this amazing video um, edit of all the different like uh, uh, pundits on CNN talking about how Joe Rogan takes horse dewormer and how clearly that's not true and they definitely know that that's a false statement that this news organization is transmitting out there you guys got to listen to this just check this out it blows my mind that joe rogan just yesterday admitted to taking ivermectin ivermectin is something more often used to deworm horses cnn is saying i'm taking horse dewormer rogan telling his 13 million instagram followers that he was treated with several drugs and he included ivermectin on the list a drug used for livestock rogan said the word ivermectin yes that's the deworming medicine made to kill parasites and farm animals why would they lie and say that's horse dewormer so things are clearly bad but they're being made even worse by people who have refused to take the vaccine and instead are swallowing horse paste wait 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 wait, wait a second he he said that he got better because he a he said he's a dewormer he, they must know that the, that's a lie you have individuals like joe rogan for example who uh, who don't want to take an experimental vaccine but will take horse dewormer. Well, well, well. well if well, it well. is an old horse worm broken. <laughs> Ivermectin is often used to deworm livestock. Ivermectin apparently given to deworm animals. It's a lie on a news network, it, and it's it, a lie that's a willing, that's, that's a lie that they're conscious of. It's not a mistake. Yeah. They're unfavorably framing it as veterinary medicine. Joe Rogan, uh, he came down with COVID. He says, he says he's been taking the uh, livestock dewormer uh, ivermectin. They lied what did they and said say? I was taking horse dewormer. Ivermectin is a drug that is commonly used as a horse dewormer. They keep saying I'm taking horse dewormer. I literally got it from a doctor. You know what doctors right. say? Doctors say you could take it for humans. Yeah, but not for coronavirus. He may not have gotten it from the feed supply store, but it's the same compound. When you have a horse deworming medication that's discouraged by the government, that actually causes some people in this crazed environment we're in to actually want to try it. That's the upside down where we're in with figures like Joe Rogan. Bro, do I have to sue CNN? He also acknowledged taking a controversial treatment designed for animals. Does it bother you that the news network you work for out and out lied, well, just outright lied about me taking horse dewormer. They, they, they shouldn't have said that. Why did they do that? I don't know. Ah, just perfect. Just perfect. I know that was a little bit long. It was so good. So worth it. Why are they trying to like crush it so much? If it didn't work and was actually harming people, then I think people would quickly figure that out and stop doing it. Maybe I'm naive in that thinking. I just don't trust the government. I've come to accept that. And this is why I, I'm learning as much as I can about Bitcoin. And I'm learning about this Layer 2 Lightning Network technology. And it's pretty cool. I'm like, got my 
node that I'm running and I'm connecting to a bunch of other nodes and creating these channels and trying to figure out what I can do to make my node more connected and support the network. And I'm learning all these new things and I'm pretty excited about it. And it feels like the same feeling I had when I first was going to university to study science. Uh, I have that same kind of drive to just keep learning out of uh, sheer like want to do it, not because I have to. It's uh, it's neat that it can still happen at like mid thirty. So, well, I'm only thirty three. So, early. Let's let's call it let's call it thirty thirties. So I don't have to age myself too quickly here. But yeah, the Lightning Network is pretty awesome. I'll talk about it more in like the next uh, podcast. I think I'm I'm done for this one. I, you know, not a hundred percent recovered. Mostly ninety five percent there. But it's been a long week, so I'm just gonna cut it. Just shy of 30 minutes here, close enough for me for today. Everyone have a good week. I'll catch you on the next one. Jmart out.